Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for being with me on this Friday. We've made it through yet another week in the hellscape that is Biden's America. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Also, this weekend is Mother's Day weekend. So to my mom and all the moms out there, thank you so much, and God bless you, and have a fantastic special day. Don't forget to follow me on social media, my Instagram account, for news about me and the show and photos and clips, at Monica Crowley underscore, that's at Monica Crowley underscore, and then on Twitter and Truth Social, at Monica Crowley. Also, don't forget to send me an email or two or three about this show at Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. We have been debuting new podcast music on the show and I opened it up to you guys to see if you like the new music. And I got to say split decision. So we're going to get to some of your emails about the music and other things at the end of the show, as we always do. So thank you so much for being here. And today I want to deal with, uh, well, a lot of different issues that are coming at us today. We've got a couple of wins out there that haven't gotten a lot of attention. I want to cover that a little later in the show, plus some economic news, including a new poll on the economy that will have the hair-sniffing invalid in the White House taking even more dementia medication this week. We're going to get to that. Uh, Also, we are going to talk to one of the great thought leaders on faith and life and a lot of issues, 
the great Eric Metaxas. We're going to talk to him about Roe v. Wade and what all of this means for our country, including I want to raise a really big question with him about the nature of evil. A lot of people don't want to acknowledge it exists. A lot of people don't want to talk about it, but it's real. And we're going to talk to Eric Metaxas about that. I told you that we would be dealing with the really big questions on this podcast, and I will not let you down. But first, the Monica memo. I want to start with um, a quick point about something that's going on in the White House. Our circle back girl, Jen Psaki, is leaving her post as press secretary next Friday the 13th. Maybe not a coincidence that it's Friday the 13th. Replacing her will be a new circle back girl, her deputy, Karine Jean-Pierre, who the White House touts as the first black and openly gay person to be White House press secretary. They want us focused on her identity because everything with them is identity politics. They want us focused on her identity, slicing and dicing her um, as black, as openly gay, instead of seeing someone who lies for and covers for Biden and his administration, just like the original circle back girl, Jen Psaki, did. No one cares about her race, gender, sexual orientation. We do care that she is a serial liar for this irredeemably corrupt administration. That we do care about. You know, this is the exact opposite of the Trump administration, where all of Trump's opponents, including in the press, including those who sat in that briefing room in the White House, they smeared Sean Spicer Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Kaylee McEnany as liars when they were all out there trying desperately against all odds to convey the truth about the Trump administration. They were not interested in the truth. They were only interested in attack, destroy and attack. That's all they cared about because they are all about projection and they're all about the Marxist agenda. We no longer have a press corps in this country. We have an army of activists. It is the enforcement arm in many ways of the Democrat communists now running the country and running all of our institutions. And they are masters of projection. So everything that they accuse our side of, they themselves are guilty of doing. Now, you have actual serial liars in there, and they all cover for them. So while they smeared everybody in the White House, everybody in the Trump administration is being liars, now you actually have liars in there, and they're all being covered for. One more thing. Corinne Jean-Pierre is in a long-term relationship with a CNN reporter, Suzanne Malveaux, who has been at CNN for a very long time. This is an epic conflict of interest. How in the world can Corinne Jean-Pierre be impartial? I mean, nobody in this White House is impartial and nobody in the press corps is impartial either. But she is supposed to be and she's supposed to have an even-handedness in dealing with all of the news organizations and all of the reporters. Well, how can she possibly even pretend to do that when dealing with reporters of, of all types, when she goes home to a CNN reporter. 
all of this, guys, in the context of CNN's big recent scandals, especially the ones involving the now-fired Chris Cuomo and his secret meddling on behalf of his odious brother, Andrew Cuomo, who was the governor of New York at the time. So you see, CNN has been long trafficking in these kinds of conflicts of interest, and now you have an epic one because the White House press secretary is literally in a relationship with a CNN reporter. You cannot make this up. So once again, corporate media literally and figuratively in bed with the government they are supposed to cover. The corruption runs so deep in every direction. Speaking of which, next, on the Supreme Court leak on Roe versus Wade, apparently they are still searching high and low for the leaker. Come on, man. We're talking about a group of a few dozen people. How hard can this be? Justice, uh, Chief Justice John Roberts put the Supreme Court Marshal, which is the, the Supreme Court has their own little law enforcement agency in there. He puts the Marshal in charge of this investigation, but a couple of days have gone by now. And come on, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out, number one, it had to have been someone with the leftist, the three or four leftist leaning judges there, Right. It's got to be that. So that narrows it down. And then you got to further narrow it down. There are people on Twitter who are doing their own investigative reporting on this, who are putting certain names out there because they're putting together circumstantial evidence in terms of reporters, their relationships to people on the court, at the court, their positions on Roe v. Wade, their activism, and so on. And they're identifying at least one and I saw in another case, perhaps two people who serve as clerks on the Supreme Court for left-wing justices. So, I mean, it cannot be this difficult. So we can only deduce, of course, they are covering for the person who did it because it's a leftist working for a leftist justice. We'll eventually find out who it is when they announce their new MSNBC contract. But the fact that it's taking this long, come on, man. The corruption runs so deep in every direction. Now, a related story. A leftist group called Ruth Suntas, named after Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who, by the way, questioned the constitutional sturdiness of Roe versus Wade, even though she supported abortion. She was on the record saying... You know, legally, Roe v. Wade does not really have a leg to stand on, and she was right about that. I mean, Roe v. Wade is a constitutionally, legally, and morally a big abomination. And RBG saw the, the legal problems with the, with the decision, and she even questioned that the, the uh, big social issue of abortion should be given to the states. It should have the people's input state by state. And if this court overturns it, that's exactly what will happen. So this group, Ruth sent us after their big champion RBG. Well, our RBG was not all in on the constitutionality of Roe versus Wade, but they don't care about that. So this group 
which I guess is a relatively new group, um, is now calling for protests outside the homes of the five justices who may vote to overturn Roe. Again, we have no idea where the court stands right now. This leaked decision was written in early February. This could be all moot for as, as far as we know, but the left doesn't care. They do not care. So this group has now gone out there and published the home addresses of these five justices that could overturn Roe v. Wade in order to get the mobs going. They want mobs at every home of uh, Justice Alito, Justice Thomas, you name it. They want the mobs descending on them so that they cannot leave their, lead their lives, they can't leave their driveways, their children are in danger, they are in danger. Let's be really clear about this thing. These abortion supporters that say they support the privacy rights the court made up out of whole cloth in 1973 in the Roe decision, they're out there screaming about privacy rights because privacy rights were enshrined, made up, but enshrined in the Roe versus Wade decision. There are no privacy rights in the U.S. Constitution, none. The court made it up to justify their decision and then enshrine so-called privacy rights um, via this decision. They used Roe as a vehicle in order to do it, but it doesn't exist in the Constitution. So Roe's supporters are now out there screaming about privacy rights while at the same time violating the privacy rights of these Supreme Court justices. That they encourage putting the lives of the justices deeply at risk. They don't care about that. In fact, yesterday, a leftist on Twitter was openly calling for violence against them. And I mean really extreme, ultimate violence against these Supreme Court justices. And Twitter let those tweets stand. But don't you try to tweet ultra MAGA Or the data from the latest Pfizer document dump, don't you dare try to tweet about that because that will get you suspended. But calling for violence against a sitting Supreme Court justice, no problem. These justices should have presidential level security right now. Now. This is not a joke. These justices are threatened life and limb by these baby-killing maniacs. Did you also see yesterday that the Supreme Court put up a non-scalable fence around it? Not because they're worried about pro-life folks who are peaceful and out there praying, but because they're worried about the baby-killing maniacs. So the regime will put up walls everywhere to protect themselves, but they won't put up a wall at the southern border to protect you. All of this signals the end times of the left's long march through our institutions. We have talked a lot about this on this podcast, how they began this decades ago, started as a KGB operation in the 1950s, Soviet Union collapses, the CCP picks it up, and they continue it. And now we have enough internal useful idiots breaking down the country that this is now the result of this decades-long project. And we're also seeing the end result of the breakdown of civility in this country, the death of civility. 
and the breakdown of respect for authority. All of this stuff has been going on a long time, but what you're seeing now is, again, the end times of this grand project by the Marxist left. It's all deliberate, and it's all by design. Speaking of all by design, when we come back, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about uh, the economic news that we got today, April's jobs report, that number, what it tells us, and a new poll about the economy that is going to have Biden wanting to sleep through the weekend. Of course, he does that already. I'm Monica Crowley, coming right back. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. All right. Welcome back. I'm Monica Crowley. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter and True Social at Monica Crowley and on Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore. And send me an email about the show to Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Well, a little economic news and then a story about a big win, actually a couple of little wins, big wins. I would say, in the John Durham case. So I want to bring those to you because, of course, the propaganda press will not bring those to you. And we're going to deal with your emails, especially on the new music about the show. That's coming up a little later. And following this segment, we are going to talk to the great Eric Metaxas on issues of Roe v. Wade, faith, life, where we are culturally, and the nature of evil. So sit tight. First, though, um, we got a relatively positive April jobs report, 428,000 jobs added in the month of May. Keep in mind, these are jobs added, not created. So when you've heard Joe Biden and the White House and the rest of his team talking about, well, we created 428,000 new jobs, that is not true. That is a lie. We are still in the process of adding jobs back 
from those that we lost during the pandemic and during the lockdowns. And we still have millions of jobs to go before we are at the point where we were in March of 2020 under President Trump when we had a booming economy. Okay. So when you hear them say, well, we've created these jobs. No, they haven't. They have not created a single new job. These are just jobs being restored back into the economy just to be really clear. That said, this is a relatively strong number for April. However, March was revised down. And there's another key point in this economic news. Labor participation, the labor participation rate actually fell, which is not good. So fewer people are working. Fewer people of working age are actually out there in a job. And that is not good. It's not a good sign. Now, the Fed, um, and, you know, the, the Fed is supposed to be politically independent. Okay. But the Fed has been all over the place for the last year plus since Biden came into office, trying to protect the guy by not raising interest rates and stopping the the easy money, the quantitative easing policy that they've had in place for a really long time. And, you know, this includes during the Trump years, because during the Trump years, Trump really leaned on Powell a lot and the Fed not to raise rates and so on. So we've had for a long time, we've had this unnatural monetary existence, which is creating big, big problems, namely inflation, skyrocketing inflation, the worst inflation in in 40 years. All of these economic policies have direct consequences. They call economics the dismal science, but and that's true. Um, but e- the laws of economics are pretty fast and true. You can't sort of screw around with them the way you can with other things. Laws of economics are pretty hard and fast. The Fed has been all over the place soft walking rate hikes and slow walking the quantitative easing and drawing that down. They've been slow walking and soft walking this for a long time, and they're well over a year too late in all of these policies. Meanwhile, this week, Jay Powell, the head of the Fed, he went out there, he made a statement, and they had the Fed meeting and so on and announced a half a basis point uh, rate hike. So he also said that he was not all that concerned about an impending recession. So he's out there downplaying a recession when what we saw in the first quarter was negative growth, negative 1.4% GDP growth, negative growth. You get two quarters of that, you are technically in a recession. A lot of people now think we're already in a recession. And Powell's out there downplaying a recession, saying, oh, don't worry about it. The way all of last year, they were out there saying, don't worry about inflation. It's just transitory, very temporary, no need to be concerned. Jay Powell and his team do not inspire confidence at all. Neither does the hair-sniffing invalid in the White House. Listen to this. According to a new CNN poll, CNN, a whopping 77% say Biden's economy is poor. This is the highest number in a decade. If you break down the numbers, 47% said the economy is somewhat poor. Another 30% said it's very poor. You put that together, 77% of the American people say the economy is sucking salt. 
The poll also found that the economy is the number one issue for Americans by a staggering 36 points. 50% of the American people now say the economy is their number one issue going into November. The other issues concerning Americans, the Ukrainian war, immigration, global warming, racial unrest, coronavirus, and education. Do you notice what is not on this list? Abortion. So the left is trying to make something out of nothing because they literally have nothing else except for abortion. And that's not going to go anywhere for them. Especially, and we mentioned this earlier this week on the podcast, especially once the the administration lifts Title 42 and you get that biblical flood of illegal immigrants in the country, that is going to just subsume every other issue. So if they think abortion is going to work for them, I got news for them. Meanwhile, most economists believe that the economy is going to become worse under Biden's presidency. Well, duh, including Goldman Sachs. Uh, One of their bankers wrote this week, recession risk has risen. The financial health of the private sector may ultimately determine whether policy tightening will tilt the economy into a downturn. So you've got inflation at a 40-year high, you've got a weakening economy, supply chain crisis, a labor crunch. You've got all these economic moving parts that are all to the downside. So it it looks like, you know, (laughs) this is another, it's all transitory, folks. Don't worry about it. These are our leaders. This is what I mean when I was talking about the Supreme Court. In that context, this is a complete breakdown of the respect anybody has for authority because our authority figures keep letting us down because they keep lying to us. Other polling reveals that Americans trust Republicans over Democrats by 19 points to handle inflation. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, One other story, because we have a win here with John Durham. That investigation continues. You would never know it because only shows like this actually cover what's going on. Most of the major propaganda outlets do not cover this at all. They continue to bury it. But this week, special counsel John Durham scored two major wins ahead of the criminal trial for Michael Sussman. He's that ex-Hillary Clinton campaign lawyer who is set to go on trial on May 16th. So the judge here ordered a key witness to testify. That witness, who is a Fusion GPS computer researcher, her name is Laura Siego, uh, the judge ordered her to testify, and then her lawyers came back and said, well, she is going to invoke her Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination, which is her right. But the judge in this case is now ordering key witnesses to, to come forward and testify. And the judge also agreed to review memos that the defense is trying to cover up with a claim of attorney-client privilege. They are doing everything possible to try to bury all of these documents and bury the truth, of course. But it does look like Durham is serious. He is moving forward. And hope springs eternal that we will see, in the end, we will find out and the truth will be exposed of the Clinton criminal cartel. And by the way, the Obama criminal cartel and the Biden criminal cartel, because they were all involved in this, in the mission to lie about, smear, and destroy candidate Trump and then President Trump. 
So I will continue to bring you updates on the Durham case as it proceeds. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk to Eric Metaxas about Roe v. Wade, what it means culturally and politically for the country, and what is the nature of evil. Told you we'd be handling the big questions on this podcast. That is coming straight up. Sit tight. Well, I am so happy to now welcome my very dear friend, Eric Metaxas. Eric is a number one New York Times bestselling author, and his newest book is called Is Atheism Dead? It's a really important book. It is a page turner. Trust me on this. So please go get it. Is Atheism Dead? He is also the host of the Eric Metaxas Show, the show about everything, as he says. And he is also a major thought leader on issues of faith, life, Christianity, and everything else. His website is ericmetaxas.com. Hi, Eric. Wow. It's great to be with you, Monica. And it's embarrassing to hear you say all those nice things about me because I know the truth. But uh, we're just going to we're just going to we're going to let it go. I don't want to correct the host. Well, listen, I mean, if you thought that introduction was very nice, it's not even near comprehensive. So, I mean, I just give the audience a brief overview of who who you are. (laughs) You are an incredible, incredible person, author, uh, radio host, just an amazing leader for those of us who are believers and otherwise. So please, everybody go check out ericmetaxas.com. I, I thank you for that. And I do, you know, I think of myself as a patriot and it's funny because only a few years ago, we didn't need to think in those categories, but we realize now we're seeing this separation. Who loves this country? Who understands how extraordinary this nation is and why uh, it means everything that we hold the torch of freedom and, and fight for what needs to be fought for. And, you know, obviously one of the ways that I met you is because my father raised me to love Richard Nixon, mainly because he understood the evil of communism. And yes. I really feel like we have come 50 years later. Here we are. We're facing it on home turf. We're seeing all kinds of things. And so uh, it's one of the reasons I value you, because there, there, you, you see more and more how many people don't get this and how vital it is that we get the word out. So thank you again, for the introduction. And yes, please go to my website. It's just my name, ericmetaxas.com, and people can find out um, all kinds of stuff. But thanks again. Well, thank you for the kind words. And I forgot, actually, that we had bonded over both of our obsession with Richard Nixon, which you got from your father. Um, And of course, I worked with President Nixon, so I had forgotten about that. Thank you, Eric. Um, By the way, before we came on the air with Eric, he was telling me about an extraordinary event he is hosting in New York City on May 31st. Tell us a little bit about that before we get into Roe v. Wade. Well, it's kind of amazing because, you know, there are three things that go back 50 years. We could talk about Richard Nixon. We could talk about Roe v. Wade, which is 50 years. Or we could talk about Charlie Duke walking on the moon, Apollo 16. It was uh, exactly 50 years ago, two weeks ago, 50 years ago. And I have had the honor, I I interviewed him on my radio program the day, the 50th anniversary, and he consented to be my guest in Manhattan on May 31st 
at a Socrates in the City event. Anybody who goes to SocratesInTheCity.com, you can see that I've interviewed tons of people in these gorgeous places, the Union League Club. But on May 31st, it's going to be Charlie Duke. And I am, pun intended, over the moon about getting to interview a man who walked on the moon 50 years ago. He's a man of faith. He's going to talk about his faith. But it is such a rare, extraordinary opportunity. And I I just want to tell people, if you can possibly get to New York, um, May 31st, we'll have rooms at the Union League Club in case anybody wants to stay overnight. They can contact us. But I... I am just crazy excited about the idea that it's the 50th anniversary of him walking on the moon. I'm going to be with him, talking to him, asking him questions. We're going to have a dinner afterward. It's just amazing. So thanks for letting me uh, mention that. Well, of course, the first thing I wanted to be growing up was a ballerina. But the second thing I wanted to be was an astronaut. So to me, this is so cool. And, you know, we talk about people who survived World War II, people who survived the Holocaust. They're all passing from the scene at a very rapid rate. But these, these original astronauts, are as well. And so thank you so much for putting on the event. Again, SocratesInTheCity.com. Go check it out if you're going to be in New York in late May. Um, So Eric, I wanted to have you on the podcast anyway, but this week was so momentous that I knew it was the perfect time to have you on. The Supreme Court appears ready to overturn the 1973 decision that legalized abortion, Roe v. Wade, send it back to the states to have the people and their representatives decide for themselves. So first of all, before we get into the politics and the law of all of this, tens of millions of people over 50 years have prayed for this. Assuming that it stands, Eric, what is your reaction to this as a human being and a person of faith? Well, it's kind of crazy, Monica, because I actually have a mixed reaction. Part of me is thrilled to death Part of me just wants to say, praise God, he heard every single prayer. He hears every single prayer. And this is an answer to those prayers. It's a big deal. But there's another part of me that wants to say, big deal. This was such a bad law. You know, it's kind of like you're happy when slavery ends, but then you're thinking, how did we ever allow slavery to be the law of the land? You have to wonder how in the United States of America for 50 years, we've allowed a handful of ideologues to create this fake law. It is nowhere to be found in the Constitution. They invented it. They invented the whole penumbra idea, this preposterous legal fiction that is just evidence of when you do not have the facts and truth, you have to lie, you have to misrepresent, you have to twist arms, you have to bully. And notice what happened when now, after all of these years of fighting and fighting and fighting and electing a president, God bless him, Donald Trump. You don't need to like Donald Trump, but let me ask you folks, if he hadn't been president, do you think we would have had three constitutionalists, three originalists on the Supreme Court to make this possible? Obviously not. So your votes matter and you better vote for people who are going to do the right thing. So suddenly now we see this happening. It should happen. It's long overdue. And what happens The other side that does not believe in life, that doesn't believe in the sanctity of life, that that couches it in these fake terms of women's reproductive rights and all this kind of stuff. What do they do? They don't believe they reveal that they don't believe in anything. They don't believe in the rule of law. They don't believe 
in the separation of powers. They believe in mob rule, in power, in doing whatever is necessary, lying, cheating, whatever you need Mm -hmm. to do, intimidating Supreme Court justices. So they leak this thing. I want to tell you, it's going to lead to a scandal because whoever leaked this, if it can be traced back to Justice Sotomayor or somebody, this is going to be the scandal like we've never seen. But I say all this to say that this is a spiritual battle. Yes. The the blood of innocence has been shed. And we need to, as a nation, repent of it. I believe that is happening. But you're seeing the true colors of the other side, that this is a spiritual battle. They will stop at absolutely nothing. And we have to stand firm. And we have to know that when you do the right thing, when you honor God by doing the right thing, God will honor you. And God will honor this nation when we do the right thing on this. And so obviously that's my extremely long way of saying I am thrilled to death that this has finally happened. Oh, well, me too. I mean, it is pretty incredible that this could finally be the end, if not of abortion in America, then at least as the law of the land. So Eric, you know, it's estimated that 62 million innocent lives have been lost to abortion since 1973. 62 million aborted babies. That is a staggering number. So let's talk a little bit about the toll that Roe versus Wade has taken writ large. What do you think the social toll has been in terms of normalizing the killing of babies? Well, um, it, it basically touches on everything. Um, I tweeted something yesterday. I said, it's not your body. That's the whole point. That's why it's murder. We have lived at a time when it has been so normalized. I say this with humility because when I was a young man, I was involved in abortion. I uh, was not walking with God and my girlfriend and I got pregnant. And what was the only thing that you do? Everybody knows what you do when that happens. You go to Planned Parenthood, you, you, you do whatever. You just say to the woman, hey, man, I'm here to support you. Many people listening to this program right now, just like me, were sucked into that way of thinking. We need to know that what we did was wrong, but we also need to know that God's forgiveness is 100 But if you don't have God to go to with that pain, then you can see why people are so angry because they can't hear the idea of what this is. We have to face facts, folks, that if as a nation we enshrine in our laws something that is the definition of wrong, it doesn't get more wrong than killing a baby in the womb. Because when you kill a baby in the womb, what you're saying is you're not a human being. It's what we said to slaves. It's what the Nazis said to the Jews, you're not a person. It's, it's satanic because it's the ultimate dehumanization. And what you're saying, Monica, is right. It affects absolutely everything. The way we think about life is at the heart of absolutely everything. So life becomes cheap. Our own lives become cheap. You don't believe life is sacred. You say life is, you know, whatever I can make out of it. And, and so I better be a success. And if I'm not a success, what's the point? It just carries into Everything, when we think of the pains of of divorce, when we think of how many wonderful children were not born who would be doing all kinds of beautiful things and blessing their families, it just is practically infinite. And you're right, we need to deal with that as as a nation. Well, and thank you for sharing your story. I know it's a deeply personal one. And 
and your redemption and your journey, your walk with God, um, and understanding how God forgives. But you got you got to get there. You got to ask Him. Can you talk yep. a little bit about Eric the moral and or spiritual toll that it's taken on this country and on individuals? You hear these stories all the time from women who said, "Look, I went for an abortion because it was normalized, and that's as you yeah. described. That's sort of what you right. do, and the guy is there to support you, and the guy, you know, most." of the time doesn't want to have the baby because he doesn't want his life screwed up and everything else. Um, But then you hear stories from women who have gone through abortions who say, you know, this haunts me for the rest of my life. This haunts me. That's the point. See, that's exactly the point. My my wife, Suzanne, for 12 years ran Avail, which is a pregnancy support center in Manhattan. And what you hear if you're on the front lines You hear the stories that the media never, 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 never covers. The pain of the women. You never hear the stories of the women who say, my boyfriend bullied me into this. Mm -hmm. He threatened me that if I didn't do this, he would walk away. You never hear that it is often men who are behind this, that it's the antithesis of um, empowering for these women. On the contrary, they feel forced into it. If they actually have a real choice, they want to have the kid. Usually you don't hear those stories and the pain that these women carry around. The reason I am open about what I went through, that I am not blameless in this is to say to people, listen, folks, a lot of us have made mistakes. We need to know that God wants to forgive you. He wants to cleanse you. And I say this because I know The pain, people are walking around, women mostly are walking around with these wounds. They don't know where to go with it. It can destroy your life if you don't give it over to God. And I want to say to people, that's not God's plan for you. God wants to heal you 1000%. I wrote a story in my book, Miracles, which came out about six years ago, uh, about a dear friend of mine who'd had an abortion when she was 19 in New York City and who was really just destroyed by it. And she basically was healed by God in a miraculous way. And I kind of just say this to say, God sees your pain because the the women that are walking around right now with the pain of that, I just want them to know God loves you. He doesn't condemn you. He loves you. Mm -hmm. We all make terrible mistakes and he just wants us uh, to turn it over to him because your life can begin when you do that. But like you're saying, Monica, it's been so normalized. How many people, myself included, we didn't even give it a thought. This is what everyone does. This is normal until it happens to you. And then the years pass and it haunts you. And then where do you go? Well, we're talking to the great Eric Metaxas. His latest book is called Is Atheism Dead? And he's also the host of the Eric Metaxas Show. You're exactly right about this. You know, they've used this issue as a wedge issue, as a political issue, as a fundraising issue. They continue to do it. But nobody on the left certainly has ever talked about the human toll and the pain that people carry around. Now, there are some, like the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, she was out there this week saying, hey, yeah, I had an abortion. I'm shouting my abortion. I'm so proud of it. I, You know, those folks can be saved as well. God does not turn his back on anybody. But understand that they're using it as a political weapon. And it, this is so much deeper. And I, I want to ask you a very deep question here. Um we, we now have some states 
where abortion is allowed up until the moment of birth, literally the crowning of the head, some states are now allowing the murder of that baby, which is clearly going to be viable outside the womb because it's about to be born, right? To me, this whole thing is pure evil. But I want to ask you, I want you to address the nature of evil, Because a lot of people are afraid to talk about or even acknowledge that evil exists. But everywhere we look, and certainly this issue, evil looks like it's ascendant. And that evil is astride the world, right? Right. So can you just address the nature of evil and how real it is? is? First of all, what a great question, an amazing question, a vital question. the, The new book that I just wrote called Is Atheism Dead? I wrote it in a way to encourage people because I think more and more and more people are seeing the level of craziness, the level of evil, the level of madness that has been unleashed in our country. It it doesn't make human sense. You begin to suspect it seems like evil. It seems like a spiritual thing. So I want to say to people, first of all, you're correct. That's the name for it. Now, the reason people are often afraid of evil is because they don't understand the most important thing for us to understand is that God destroyed death and evil and sin on the cross in Jesus. In other words, if you don't know that, you are going to be intimidated by evil. It's scary. You're just going to be like, well, whatever I need to do to avoid it. You know, do I have to wear an amulet or a charm or what do, what do I need to do to, 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 to keep out of trouble, to keep out of the way? And I'm here to say to people, folks, that's like borrowing money from the mafia. You, you don't want to go to the dark side for help with your problems. Mm-hmm. You want to go to God. And if you know God and if you have confidence in who he is. The God of the Bible is real. He died for you. He loves you personally, not your friends, not humanity, you. If you understand that, only then does evil have no power over you. And I really do think that we are living through a time in history right now, unlike anything we've seen in our lifetimes, where we're seeing evil in the ascendant. But what it's doing is it's driving people to God. They're recognizing it's not a political solution. It's not a, I mean, we need I mean, you know, and I know everybody needs to be involved in politics. Everybody needs to be involved in everything. But at the heart of it is a spiritual issue. And when you think about everything that's happening, all the crazy stuff that's happening, it comes out of cultural Marxism. What is Marxism? Yes. It is atheism. It is atheism writ large. And so we're seeing a clarifying the black and the white, the dark and the light. We're seeing atheism, which is hostile to humanity. It's hostile to everything, to God's order, to male and female, to marriage, to babies in the womb. We're seeing that hostility really in the ascendant because it has nothing. It's like, you know, the Soviet Union pretending everything's going great. Really, nothing's going great. Really, it's absolutely falling apart. But all they can do is lie and tell you that, oh, you know, if you just do this and just do this, we're five minutes away from Uh, from everything, you know, being fantastic. That's what it is when you're dealing with evil. It can only lie and try to convince you that, that it is winning and you might as well get on the winning side. I'm here to tell you that it's like the dark, it's darkest before the dawn. Mm -hmm. God is doing things. People are waking up and seeing that 
th- things that they've never seen before. They're seeing things and 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 I think, as I said, there's a clarification. When the evil gets this evil, it forces people to wake up. You think like, hey, wait a minute. They're, the, the, this country's falling apart. They're defunding the police. They're opening the borders. It's sheer madness. And it's only because things have gotten that bad that a lot of people have woken up and said, I need to get involved. I need to take God seriously. I need to get on my school board. I need to homeschool my kids. I need to, to, to run for office myself. There are great things happening. But I, I just believe that at the very heart of it, God is allowing us to see this evil so that we'll turn to him. Only when you see that he's the only answer, really, do you turn to him. And, and I kind of think everything follows from there. I think we're going to have you know, political reformation. I think we are going to drain the swamp. But it's only because people are getting involved who have been sitting on the sidelines for a very long time. Yes. And you know what? Evil always jumps the shark. And, That's what it is. Right. That's and right. so and and it really does. When evil jumps the shark, it, evil gets away with a lot for a long time. But when it jumps that shark, that's when things Actually, begin to turn around. Let, let, let me just interrupt that, because when you just said that I am down in Palm Beach for a Mar-a-Lago event tonight, Dinesh D'Souza's film, 2000 Mules, is premiering around the country. I'm in the film and I want to tell people. It is clear that that's what happened in this last election. They got so desperate that they did things that they would have never done so openly before. They said, oh, Trump is Hitler. We've got to do everything we can. We've got to stuff the ballots. We've got to whatever. Well, they've been caught. It's all been exposed. But if they hadn't, as you put it, jumped the shark, if they hadn't done those things, if they hadn't been so desperate that they did these things that they haven't done, they've been much more careful over the decades. It is only because they got so desperate that they are being exposed People are going to be prosecuted. You and I know whether we're talking about the Durham investigation, whether we're talking about the election fraud in all these states, whatever we're talking about, these things are coming to light. And I think we are on the verge of great things. People need to pray for this nation and know that God has put his hand on this nation for his purposes. He wants to use us to bless the whole world, to bring real freedom to the whole world, And so I, generally speaking, am very, very positive about what lies ahead. But we are in a battle. We need to fight. Well, I want to end on that note because I feel the exact same way. God does not allow things to happen unless he's got a bigger plan to turn it to your good and the good of, in this case, the country. And I think what you're seeing now is the momentum has turned toward what is good and right. And I know a lot of people feel it. I know you feel it. And Eric, I'm just so grateful for your words of encouragement and inspiration today. You are amazing. You're really kind. Anytime, Monica. Just glad to know you're out there fighting in this battle. Always. You too. Eric Metaxas, his brand new book is called Is Atheism Dead? Go get it. It's really important. He's also the host of the Eric Metaxas Show, the show about everything. So go check it out. His website is ericmetaxas.com. Thanks so much, my friend. Thank you. Okay, guys, time to dip into the email bag. Keep those emails coming fast and furious. I read them all. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. And a lot of you have some pretty strong opinions about the new music. I would say about 50-50 so far. So if you're loving the music, 
send me an email. Also, if you're hating the music, I will not take this personally. You cannot hurt my feelings. I am a warrior princess for America. So if you hate the music, it's the least of my worries. Okay. So let's hit the email bag. Oh, before we get to some of your uh, music related emails, Jeff writes this, and this is a really interesting point. This week, I tweeted about how uh, Bill Clinton went to the White House and had lunch with Joe Biden. And Jeff proposes that Bill Clinton was there to tell Joe that he's going to be reassigned, (laughs) yeah, to the dementia ward, maybe. Jeff, you could be right about that. I have a theory as well. I think that Bill Clinton went into the White House to actually see how far gone old Joe really was. And to report back to not just Hillary, who is absolutely thinking about running again, God help us, but also the Obama team to report back how decrepit he is. But also, you know, if they've got this grand plan to replace Joe Biden and maybe not with Kamala, they're going to have to do that sooner rather than later. And maybe Bill Clinton was sent in there on a spy mission. How do you like that? Thank you for that email, Jeff. Roy in Savannah, Texas writes, Hi, Monica. I think the new music is a better fit for the podcast. It has an edge that the previous music did not have. Count this as a yes for the new music. Well, Roy, thank you. I appreciate that very much. Wendy, on the other hand, writes this. Hi, Monica. I really enjoy your show. Well, thank you, Wendy. Since you're inviting feedback on your show's music, I give your new music a thumbs down. The first music you chose didn't fit the tone of the show, and I feel this new music doesn't fit your personality. You are a vibrant, articulate, classy woman. Well, thank you, Wendy. To me, the new music sounds like muffled noise, like a grunge band or a car battery that won't turn over. Sorry. Well, Wendy, I do appreciate your thoughts on that. And thank you for making me laugh. We will take a look at your comment here and (laughs) revisit the music. Patrice in Sparta, New Jersey writes, yay. Whoa, Monica. Now that's more like it. Your new rockin' Happy Warrior music brought a huge smile to my face upon first hearing it. Way to go, and thanks for another great show. Well, Patrice, I appreciate your input. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for having an opinion about this music that's actually good. But I'm taking all opinions, so send them in. I've got more here, but we've had a long show today, so i got a jet. But I thank you so much. Have a fantastic weekend. Don't forget my social media. Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore Twitter and Truth Social at Monica Crowley. Have a fantastic weekend. I will see you back here on Monday. And to all the moms out there, happy Mother's Day. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.